Before a certain German called Michael came onto the scene, there was only one Schumacher in motorsport, Cecil, the eponymous founder of the British manufacturer. I asked him if he'd always been involved in motorsport. Oh, very much so, yes. Uh, I, I worked in the autom automotive industry as a transmission designer with the firms like Hobbs and uh, Borg Warner and then went into the racing business uh, with Cosworth uh, doing transmissions for racing cars and, and other projects to do with transmissions. So when did you start racing radio control cars? Um, I suppose it's Robin's fault really. He, um, he wanted to play with model cars, radio control model cars and I was rather busy at Cosworth and uh, couldn't see how I could find the time to um, indulge in that sort of a hobby because I'd only met the gas powered cars before that and they were big and complicated and Dad's had got to be the major um, input on that, for that sort of activity. But when Robin was interested, we went down the local model shop and the very first electric radio control cars was there were there and we found a Mardave, a cracking bit of kit, very, very simple. So the, um, right, 25 quid I think for a <laughs> complete car and about the same again for the radio gear. What inspired you to start building parts? Oh, well that was Robin's fault, you, you see. Ah. He, he, was, he, he and his mates would go to the school playing, uh, playing ground, the tarmac playground at the local village school and race their cars in the summer holidays and they wore front tyres out at a rate of knots that was expensive <laughs> and being a bit mean anyway I thought I can't keep buying all these tyres and they'd come back and they would be worn, the foam would be worn down to the plastic wheels and I said you need a differential on these things because they understeer well says Robin can you make me a differential <laughs> then dad so I in, put my mind to it and came up with the, the ball differential which um, I had great hopes for. In fact, it worked wonderfully well and became, I suppose, an industry norm. But when we tried to get uh, patent coverage on it, we went down that road and spent a good many thousands of pounds with the, the agents and who finally unearthed the fact that it had been invented in America in, I think, 1918 for a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> I'd made, handmade the bits for Robin's car and then all his friends wanted them. And I bought off this chap, Bob Frost, a little uh, manual injection molding machine and with his guidance made the tools to make the, to injection mold the little components of the differential. And I had no thought of it being a business. This was simply a way of it looked interesting and I could make these bits, make a few quid, which would be rather nice, and, uh, and, and satisfy the demand and keep Robin and his mates happy. Uh, and that's how it started. And we made the, the, all the popular cars of the day with the Associated and the Bowlink and I forget what else they were. Um, and we made a differential to go in each of those cars. And I, be I began receiving telephone calls from America whilst I was on my drawing board at Cosworth. <laughs> phone call from America for Mr. Schumacher. And it was someone wanting another 200 differentials or whatever it was. We got to the point where my wife told me one day that it, I really ought to think about whether to still work at Cosworth because she was keeping the accounts of what was going on 
and we'd earn more money with all this model car stuff than I was being paid by Mr. Duckworth. <laughs> so it wasn't a very difficult decision to branch out and start a business. And it was at that time that we were playing around with chassis and uh, we came out with our first Lexan car with a folded up Lexan and the sort of suspension arms. It made for very even weight distribution and uh, with a, a low stiff roll stiffness at the back to maximize the traction because there was no grip in those days. It, was, it really was a difficult arena to race in with dusty floors and things and, uh, and we used to coat the tires with silicone rubber to, to find some grip. And, and it, it really worked very well for those conditions. Some bright spark in America invented carpet racing where you um, had this fine uh, felty sort of carpet, the cheap mass-produced stuff, and you could get phenomenal grip with foam tires without the silicone working directly on the carpet. And the, the poor old XL car was tying itself in knots with its very flexible characteristic when you had such massive grip. So we had to go and make a fiberglass car. Well, that was a bit of an adventure because we made a few quid and I rather fancied a Porsche. <laughs> and uh, then we realized we'd got to uh, invest in new machinery to be able to cut the fiberglass and to make the chassis. And so we went and bought this nice green CNC routing machine, which I called the Porsche, because that's <laughs> where the money went. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But in our next show, we chat some more with Cecil and find out the story behind Schumacher's first world championship.